you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets, in the car while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Good morning, football! Hey everybody, welcome to Good Morning Football. No more Thursday night action, but we've got playoff implications. One final week of action until the postseason. Our show is presented to you by Old Trapper Beef Jerky. We're live in New York. It's January 6th already. My name's Kay Adams, Kyle Brandt, Peter Schrager, and our Hall of Fame wide receiver, Chris Carter, who is sweating a busy day. You got, you got a lot of homework. Action packed. Talk to me. What do you got going on? Oh, I got a lot of video, a lot of highlights. Went back last night and watched the whole 98 season. Mm. Randy Moss watched <laughs> every catch. Uh-huh. It already... Watch the Bengals and Chase. So now I'm making a comparison between these two. And trust me, it's a hot seat to be on to back up the statement I said yesterday that Jamar is the best rookie wide receiver that I have seen. Yes, you heard it. I yeah. called him that. I know. Yeah. Jamar, it's beautiful. Yes. <laughs> you trademarked it and you nailed it. And you're going to back it up today. And to show? be able to break it down and by the thinnest of margins, okay. I'll be able to show you guys why I came to that result. Let's rock. Not the only wide receiver we're talking about. we got a Cooper Cup breakdown. We've got, let's see, what do we have? We've got Chris, Chris Collinsworth on the program. Yeah. One of my heroes. Here. Jeff Garcia. Uh, Jeff Garcia Jeff. will be. Deion Brown, Super Bowl mm-hmm. MVP. Excited to have him, of course. And it is time now for the lead block. Lead block. Lead block. All right, entering week 18. Thanks, Ray, because I was <laughs> I like that. <laughs> that little flip. Uh, the regular season's wrapping up. Everyone's talking MVP. Veteran Chicago sports writer and MVP voter Hub Arkish had some strong words on why he would not be voting for Aaron Rodgers next week. Take a listen to his reasoning and we'll discuss. And we've got Rodgers' response, too. 
I've been pretty consistent about that all year. Um, I don't think you can be the biggest jerk in the league and punish your, your team and your organization and your fan base the way he did and be the most valuable player. It, it, has he been the most valuable on the field? Yeah, you could make that argument, but I don't think he is clearly that much more valuable than, than Jonathan Taylor or uh, or Cooper Cup or, or maybe even Tom Brady. And, and so from where I sit, the rest of it is why he's not going to be my choice. Do I think he's going to win it? Probably. You know, the, the, a lot of the voters don't don't approach it the same way that I do. Others do, who I've spoken to. I think he's a bum. I think he's an absolute bum. He doesn't know me. I don't know who he is. No one knew who he was probably until yesterday's comments. But, I mean, to and I listen to the comments, but to say he had his mind made up in the summertime, in the offseason, that, you know, I had zero chance of winning the BP, in my opinion, should exclude, you know, future future votes um you know his problem isn't with me being a bad guy or the biggest jerk in the league because he doesn't know me he doesn't know me he doesn't know anything about me i mean i've never met him i've never had lunch with him i've never had an interview with him um his problem is i'm not vaccinated you know so if he wants to go on a crusade and collude and come up with an, an extra letter to put on the award just for this season and make it the most valuable vaccinated player, then he should do that. But he's a bum. The MVVP, potentially. He's a bum. You don't hear that much anymore in 2022. Aaron Rodgers, the reigning MVP, uh, bringing it back. Now, I will say Arkish apologized yesterday, not for the way he's voting or his thoughts. He apologized for disclosing his voting preference, which is not allowed as a uh, a voter of the MVP, and for some of the, quote, childish things he said about the Packers quarterback. Let's get reactions here at the table. I can feel the heat. It's palpable. Carter, what do you got? Well, this, to me, this hits right at home um, because I'll take you back to 2013. At that time, for those who don't know, I was second in – Catches in NFL history, second in touchdowns, 1,100 catches, 130 touchdowns. And I come up for the Pro Football Hall of Fame. And at at that point, I never really thought that much about it, how much these voters held my future in their hands. Mm. And they decided that those numbers were not good enough for me to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. And then the thing that really got me upset was because of my childish reaction and being upset about it, they begin to spread that blasphemy in the room that for the next five years, I didn't even get close. So I didn't even go on the field ever again. But that first time getting in, that's when I was the closest to getting in. And then they started talking amongst each other. So I understand what Aaron is going through right now. And players are judged by their numbers by their wins, and by the accolades that they get. And for me, at that time in 2013, I think that I had about 14 years of sobriety. I had turned my life around. I had been the Walter Payton Man of the Year. I had helped so many other players try to have a productive career. And for these people to somehow come up with ideas that, oh, he'll get in next year. That was the worst excuse ever. So I feel for Aaron and people should be able to remove their biases before they vote on these things, because I'm going to tell you something. I've been in a lot of buildings. There's jerks in every building. And I can give you a list of journalists that are jerks 
I've been doing this a minute. There's a bunch of them that are jerks. And he was wrong about Aaron Rodgers. There are a lot of jerks in the NFL. He's not the biggest one. What happened to you was an embarrassment. What happened to Terrell Owens was an embarrassment. I think this is an embarrassment. And this is not about the hub man. This, this guy that I know a lot of people hadn't heard of, he's having a week. Uh, right. It's, it's, not about, it's not about the hub. He became the Internet's most second popular hub this week. But um, it's about the other Jeez. people because hub's the only guy reckless enough to just say it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would bet my life that there are a lot of other voters who are thinking it and a lot of other voters are going to vote that way. Now, after this came out, a lot of the voters who guys we know and respect and they've absolutely said this is embarrassment, strip him of his vote. This is not what it's about. There's a lot of them out there, and I mean some big fish who haven't said squat, who haven't tweeted squat, who are just silent. And I just, nobody crusades like a sports writer with a vote. Nobody. Mm -hmm. And there is this inflated self-importance. You know what I think it is? I've got the ball now. It's my ball. I'm the star. No doubt. I'm the quarterback. I'm going to throw a touchdown. And it's, uh, especially now, it's like, well, this is a different era, and this this, this demands a different perspective. No, it's not. This is not a Nobel Prize you're handing on. It's an award for a man throwing a football. <laughs> Whoever throws the ball into the part of the field with the paint on it, vote for him. But I'm telling you, and I, I'll, I'll take this step further. We're going to see how this weekend goes. And I think Brady's going to play. I think Brady's going to win the MVP. Really? Yes, I do. Wow. And I think it's going to have a lot to do with this. And I think there are a lot of people laying in wait who are not going to vote for Rodgers. And listen, PFF came out with a whole thing where they think Brady should win it based on football. That has nothing to do with this. Mm. There is a whole thing with Brady. And if Brady goes three touchdowns this weekend, I think we're going to be there in NFL honors. And I think it's going to be Brady winning the MVP. And I think a large part of it is going to be uh, crusading sports writers who don't want to vote for Rodgers. Yeah, I, I think this is the most um, hotly contested MVP vote without that aspect of it. I think you can make the case for Brady. I think you can make the case for Cooper Cup. Cooper Cup is doing things as a wide receiver that no one in the history of the game has done. We said it last week. 1995, Jerry Rice's season is viewed as one of the greatest of all time. If you look at just a 16-game basis, and I know it's a different era and how the defense was played, Mm -hmm. what Cooper Cup is doing is right up there. So let's just put it from the football standpoint. There. Mm -hmm. Now, are we going to invalidate a Cooper Cup MVP or invalidate a a Tom Brady MVP and immediately say, oh, it's because Rodgers wasn't back. Like, Great point. I would just hope that if Rodgers doesn't win, right. that this thing doesn't have an asterisk on it because of what Hub said and the reaction afterwards. And I would hope that the voters, the 49 others, and this is like the reverse, reverse psychology, vote for, like, if I was voting, and I'm not, I'm not an AP voter, and the AP uh, gives these to 50 different voters, and they put it in, and they can only vote for one player. Mm-hmm. It's not like you rank them in a ballot, and right. it's the whole thing. You rank for one player, and that's why Russell Wilson's never gotten a vote, because right. he's never been the number one guy. Um, I would hope that they don't feel bullied, not by, no. but by the response that Hub got by saying he wasn't voting for Rodgers. So for Aaron. Yeah, like reverse psychology. Like, I, reverse. I yeah, hope that they don't say, I don't, we don't want to lose our vote as an MVP community. Like, or the we, integrity of it, so let's vote for Rodgers. Let's just vote for Rodgers and give him what they want in social yeah. media. We're sorry. And Mike Florio and Field Yates and all of you who made tweets about how ridiculous the comment was, we're sorry. No, vote for who you think should be MVP. And that's it. And if it's anonymous, great. If you want to come out with it, great. But mm-hmm. if you think Cooper Cup and Tom Brady is the MVP, right. Vote for Tom Brady or Cooper Cup. I don't want this to be the reason why Rodgers wins it because it's a backlash to Hub's comments in Week 17. Sorry to our producers. We're going to go over on this. Chris, go. (laughs) One other little small thing, too, and uh, people don't know this. Um, I wasn't close to my father. 
I was raised by a mom. She raised seven kids before the age of 25. Okay. In 2019, when I got in the Hall of Fame, my dad had Alzheimer's and dementia. When he was at the nursing home, every day he used to wake up and ask the people, am I going to the Hall of Fame to see my son? And he'd be like, no, Mr. Carter. And ultimately, when I do go to Ken, he was there. He didn't know I was there. But he had a Hall of Fame hat on when he went back to the nursing home. And that's all every day, just checking to see his hat. And every day he asked the people, am I going to see my son at the Hall of Fame? Mm. So you get a chance to give people the roses while they're alive, give them to them. My father was not a great man in my life by no measure. But that honor he deserved too. Mm. And so you hold these things back from people, there's other stories behind these people that help them get there. We'll leave it there. At GMFB, with your thoughts, we'll bring in Ian Rappaport now. Maybe we'll hit this story a little bit later with more thoughts and different angles. Criteria for the MVP, I'd love that. I went and looked on the website, Shrey, because I couldn't find it. Yes. You go and you, you're a judge for a chili cook-off. It says consistency, flavor, ingredients. What I don't really have that on the on the voting for. That's weird. It's intentionally that way. It and I do weird. think there's a difference between Hall of Fame and the criteria for that and MVP. Maybe we'll dig into it later on in the show. I would just ask people out there, did it affect his team? any of the things. The craziest thing is that Arkish said that he had his mind made up before the season started. That was a crazy admission. Uh, Ian, thank you so much for being here. The Niners looking to secure a playoff spot. Will they have Jimmy Garoppolo on Sunday? Derek Henry is back at practice. What is the latest? First of all, thank you guys for that discussion. So much of this process, it seems, needs to be reviewed or at least looked at extremely closely. Mm -hmm. Um, You don't hear a lot of discussions like that, so thank you. Um, as far as the Jimmy Garoppolo situation, another topic that I think needs some discussing. Jimmy Garoppolo did actually practice finally for the San Francisco 49ers on Wednesday. His first practice in a couple weeks. Remember, he is dealing with a torn ligament in his thumb and a bone chip. So Garoppolo was able to throw. That's good. But his reaction to having to throw was not so great. He said it hurts like bleep. And he described throwing as basically having the webbing of his hand torn off with each throw. It is still possible, I guess, that he plays on Sunday, but that sounds extremely painful. We'll see if he has any residual effects today. Opposite end of the spectrum for Derrick Henry. Finally, King Henry, one of the best running backs in the NFL, who has missed two months of the season after breaking a bone in his foot and having surgery. He was out of practice. That is not file footage. That is actual footage of Derrick Henry at practice, a significant step. He was officially designated to return for the Tennessee Titans. May not end up playing this Sunday. Seems a little quick, but by the time he gets on the field, whether or not they have a bye, it'll either be 10 weeks or 11 weeks from surgery. He will be at full strength and ready to go for the playoffs. Appreciate you. Ian, talk to you in a bit. We've got lots to get to. Chris Collinsworth is on the show. We're talking to Andy This is Jamar Chase, or Jamar, as Chris Carter calls him. Yeah, both of them. Yeah, of course. The Rams and Niners, they're facing off this week in big-time NFC West showdown division up for grabs. We discuss what the Niners need to do to win the game and that playoff spot next. I majored in football. The NFL season finale is here, and we'll get you ready with a special edition of NFL Game Day Morning Saturday at 3 p.m. Eastern. Saturday, it's a pair of rivalry games with the Chiefs heading to Denver and the Cowboys in Philly. Burt Warner sits down with Eagles quarterback Jalen Hurts to find out his mindset heading into the final tune-up before the playoffs. Then on Sunday, ahead of what may be Big Ben's last NFL game, we'll look back on the career of the future Hall of Famer 
and break down what he needs to do to beat Baltimore. All that and more on NFL Game Day Morning, Saturday at 3 p.m. and Sunday at 9 a.m. Eastern. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower, 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all. But I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. I'm not guarding like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because they didn't need it? <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Kyle, you hungry? Starving. Let's do it. Time for a refresh presented by Subway. Let's take a look at the NFC playoff picture. Grab your sun chips as your side, and let's do it. The Packers sitting at the top with their clinched number one spot. <laughs> Clearly, Aaron Rodgers has affected his team in a great way. They have a great record this season. Wow, one game to go. The Rams, Cardinals, and Eagles clinched the playoffs, but not their divisions, while the Bucks and Cowboys won their division and a postseason berth. The Niners, they're sitting at that six. They get in if they can take down the number two Rams this weekend. So for right now, let's get an update from our very own Steve Weish on the upcoming NFC West showdown between Niners-Rams. Well, okay, when it comes down to this Rams-Niners showdown, it looks like a case of who will be in and who might be in. For who will be in, it looks like Rams running back Cam Akers, who ruptured his Achilles this summer, is going to play. He practiced fully on Wednesday, and head coach Sean McVay said unless Akers has a setback, he will be making an appearance, and it doesn't sound like it's going to be a cameo, as he'll be in some sort of rotation with Sony Michelle who's been the Rams' bell cow rusher, especially over the past five games. As for Niners quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo, who injured his thumb, he said that thumb still hurt a day after throwing, so there's a lot of question marks as to whether it be Garoppolo or Trey Lance starting. And head coach Kyle Shanahan said he's going to keep that intrigue going as he's not going to reveal who his starting quarterback is going to be, at least to the media, until the last minute. Okay? 
appreciate you, Weish. San Francisco in control of their own playoff destiny, as we know. What do the Niners need to do to beat these Rams and get into the playoffs? And Kyle, how do they do it? Quarterback questions abound. They do, but I'm talking about the, the never mind their quarterback, the Rams quarterback. Matthew mm. Stafford's going to throw you one when he does catch it and run it for a touchdown. This is not a new thing. This has happened four times this year. Four times for a veteran quarterback. And I, I, I guess I have to do it every week, and I just keep kicking Matt Stafford in the shins. I don't take pleasure in it. They picked him twice. Um, this is not a new thing. Four times this year. Just for sake of comparison, Aaron Rodgers has thrown three in 16 years, but we don't need to get in Rodgers. We talked about him last segment. He's thrown four this segment. He will do it, and then he makes the jokes after this game about, oh, man, I made it really uh, easy on them, which I appreciate, but I would appreciate it more if he didn't. He will throw you one. Don't drop it. Catch it and return it for a touchdown, and you win the game. It's simple. He, has, he does it almost every week. No matter who's on the field, no matter who's throwing the ball, the 49ers absolutely own the Rams. They've yes. won five straight games against division rivals. And it's not like this has been some basement team. The Rams have won two divisions, and yet they lose every time to the 49ers. And yet they were given a bit of a gift from the, from, the, from the health gods, if you will, in that all the defensive backs from the Niners are out this week. They can't practice. They're all out with COVID on the protocol. And that is like, oh, hello. Like, so they're working on Zoom this week. Now, they might all be activated okay. for Sunday and be mm-hmm. great. But I don't care. If you don't practice all week and it's not just one of you, it's the entire defensive backfield. Mm-hmm. Stafford, you better have a day. Mm-hmm. These, at the very least, these guys are going to be winded and they won't have the reps. So, Stafford, if you can't get a win over a defensive backfield that has been out with five defensive backs all week, I don't know if you're ever going to get a win over this team. That's what it comes down to. They have to win this one. Yeah, Stafford's got to play well. And to your point, if he's going to throw one, 49ers, he's going to throw them in the first three quarters because he hasn't thrown any interceptions in the fourth quarter. That's so impressive. In the first three, you better get one okay. and try to take it the other way, a lot like Brett Favre used to do. But I believe there will be substantial pressure on the passing game of the 49ers. Mm. Jimmy Garoppolo does not have a huge arm. That's when he's healthy. He does not have a huge arm, all right? He's got small hands. And now uh, recovering from an injury to the hand, I think Trey Lance is going to be the guy we're going to have to depend on. I don't see them throwing the ball with Garoppolo having significant pain after throwing. He doesn't have a big-time arm. So, to me, how do they get the 200 yards passing with the rookie? That's going to be hard to do. They're going to run the ball, run the ball. Mm-hmm. There's going to be eight guys in the box. Mm-hmm. So they're going to have to be able to throw the ball down the field, and that concerns them. Take the pressure off Garoppolo or Trey Lance by running the ball. It's what they do really well. And then what you do when you do that is have time of possession. In Rams' losses, they have the second worst time of possession. They don't hold the ball, Kyle. So to your point, what happens is, like the first game, the Niners had an 11-minute drive. They give it to Stafford, and he coughs it up, and he throws it because he has this pressure thing that happens. Right. We've seen it over and over through his career, not just with the Rams. You get him in the situation where he's like, i got to get something done. i got to make magic. And he can't make magic when that happens. So if they can get the run game going early and they they probably will because it's their bread and butter. I think the Rams might be in trouble. All right, more Good Morning Football on the way. I'm going to tell you guys something. <laughs> We've had some outstanding rookie receivers. This is the best rookie wide receiver that I have seen. I was on the field when that other guy, Eight big four. fella. This is a statement, Chris. Moss, yeah. when, he, when he played. Mm-hmm. We had more help around him. Randy was a little more limited as far as what he could do and what he understood. Now, later on, Randy was a football genius. But Jamar, that's the best rookie season I've seen. And I was was there for Justin Jefferson last year. Mm -hmm. It's the best rookie wide receiver, totally route running, finishing plays, playing around the offense that I've ever seen. 
He was there for Justin Jefferson. He played with Brandy Moss. He saw that one, too. A bold statement from Chris Carter yesterday, but not completely unfounded. Chris, I'm sure you heard from it from Twitter on this one. You're smiling over there. Please explain your thinking. The floor is yours. Well, uh, this is the thing. Um, You did hear me yesterday, and it's a lot to high school coaches and college coaches. The wide receivers coming into the National Football League, they're better than ever. And Jamar and Justin Jefferson are a credit to that. Now, I said that he was the best rookie receiver that I've seen, and I'm so high on him, but I want to take a look at some of the numbers. Last night, I went over every catch both of these guys have made in their rookie season. So look at the top of it. It's fairly simple. 1,300 yards, 1,400 yards, 17 touchdowns, 13. Very, very similar. But Randy had more help. All right? If you look at it, we had three Pro Bowl offensive linemen. We could run the ball at will against anyone. Led by Hall of Famer Randall McDaniel, myself, the quarterback Randall Cunningham, who was all pro that year. So we didn't need Randy to be great that often. And in going back, looking at the tape, one of the things that I saw, too, was I had forgotten. Randy had injured his ankle playing basketball before the season. He had a high ankle sprain the whole season. So could have Randy Moss could have had potentially 20 touchdowns as a rookie? Yes, he could have. But he was injured, and you could see in the tape that he was laboring. Now, let's take a look at some of the things besides the numbers that make receivers great. Okay. That being speed, catching ability. Let's take a look at Moss. Overall explosion. All right? Randy Moss as a rookie. This is a legendary Thanksgiving game. Randall Cunningham. We have a corner route by myself. He has the stop on the outside. They try to blitz us. We go hot to Moss. He makes the first guy miss. And then I had never seen anyone do this in an NFL game. He face froze this guy. He was running next to him. Looked at him. Now you can watch myself. I'm getting ready to get open on the corner. They're blitzing us. So Cunningham didn't have time. I take a shot at this corner's knee right here. Ah, little guy. That's the face freeze. The head fake. Looked at and then exploded down the sideline. This is some of the rare stuff that we had ever seen. I listened to the footage last night. John Madden and Pat Summerall commentating on it. John Madden's like, this kid's going to be fun to watch. He's amazing. And he was. Electric on the field. Having myself in the slot. You see, Randy had single coverage um, on the outside. Let's go to Jamar. Let's see him early in his rookie season. Let's see what type of play that we can break down for him. We like this. Against Baltimore, short route. It's hard to tell how fast a player is until the player stops and then gets back going. We knew he was fast, but in this play against Baltimore, week number seven, 82-yard touchdown, you could see the stopping, the toughness in traffic, and then the ability to be able to explode. It's hard. I don't care who you are, if you're not explosive or you don't have short area quickness, it's hard to be great at the wide receiver position. And both of these young receivers had both of them. Now, let's take a look at some speed. All right? Explosion, speed. Let's take a look at Randy Moss. Okay. Speed, hand combination. Randy Moss is a Green Bay game on Monday night. Another legendary game. Randy blows past the defender. But he was so fast, he comes back under Tyrone Williams. Yeah, I said it, Tyrone. I still don't like that dude right there. <laughs> time, I still don't like it. Number 37, he had a little gold grill. I told uh-huh. him during the game, I'm going to snatch your gold grill out your mouth. Yeah, Moss, the underthrow, comes back over top of him with his blazing speed, but he shows great hands. Typically, the fastest guys we've ever seen, the hands part doesn't come with the blazing speed. Moss had that in spades. Let's go to Jamar. 
Let's get another look at it. Cunningham, one of the strongest arms ever, underthrows the big fella. Moss comes up with it. Damn. Let's go, Jamar. Last week, he gets outside. Outside release, he stacks the cornerback, gets the corner right next to him. He doesn't know if Joe Burrows is going to lead him to the back pylon or he's going to throw a back shoulder fade. We know how fast he is, but the adjustment for a fast guy to be able to get backwards, that's the hardest catch for him to make besides over the shoulder, is stopping that explosion and catching the ball back. That's what most of the speed receivers don't have. The speed guys don't have hands. So what is the third ingredient that comes with this? Route running ability. Okay. Savviness. Why do we talk about Cooper Cup being so special? Because he runs so many great routes. Both of these guys, you can see this early in their career, okay. their ability to build a run route. This is Randy Moss's first game. <laughs> this is scat right double pump. We're going to throw it back to Moss. Moss runs a stutter go for Brad Johnson on top of Tony Dungy's Tampa Bay cover two. They weren't used to this. Watch this subtle. Ooh, you see that little subtle stop right there? Now, this guy's 6'4", about 200 pounds at the time. He's the best athlete that's ever played wide receiver. There's been guys been fast. There's been guys been tall. But none of them have that triple threat of the speed explosion hands that Randy Moss has. Now, watch Jamar. This is against Patrick Peterson. He goes up on him. Typically, if you're going to make a right turn and go inside, you step and go inside. He gives him a double. Uh-uh, take that with you. <laughs> he double clutched him. That's a Pro Football Hall of Famer, Patrick Peterson, in his first game yeah. in pro football. On Twitter, I said, Jamar's out there taking souls. <laughs> <laughs> so, very, very impressed in those three phases of the game. Both of these guys excelled in it. I did give you the caveat that Moss did have a tweaked ankle, okay. a high ankle sprain that he re-injured several times during the season. But it's a credit to college football, college coaches, high school. These kids are more prepared to take on the game of pro football and make an immediate impact. So that's why, by the slimmest of margins, Jamar Chase, I believe, not only Randy Moss, Jerry Rice, any other Hall of Famer, at this point, he had a better rookie season. And the supporting cast behind Moss, six Hall of six. Six Pro Bowlers on that team. A couple Hall of Famers. It's a pretty good supporting cast. My 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 host here. What do you guys think? I, I, I love it. I, I grew up in the Moss era where everything Randy did was idolized by fans at home and by wide receivers. And even the Moss thing. The potential for Jamar Chase. He's only 21 years old. He was mm-hmm. born March 9th, 2000. What is the sky for this guy? What's the ceiling? Where can he go? He can go as high as he can go. He can continue. Can he, will he continue to reinvent himself the way Randy did? Will he stay focused? Can him and Joe Burrows put together eight to ten years together? Can he stay hungry? Which he has shown all those things. That's how you're able to be one of the best of the best. You have to give Randy credit because he finished it out. First ballot Hall of Famer. The, the book on Jamar is just the first chapter. Moss's book is closed. I also respect that Chase has done it in the elements. He's played one game in a dome as a rookie. He plays in Ohio. Great point. It matters. Chris, you, you mentioned, you know, back in August, everyone's saying, Jamar Chase has the drops. This guy might be a head case. I don't know if he has it. There was doubt about him for a hot minute. Do you remember when Moss came in? Was there ever any doubt in your mind about him as a player, what he could do? The only doubt that I ever had was 
the natural doubt that you would have. From the time Dennis Green called me when we selected him to the first time I saw him in Boca Raton several days later. And then after that, there was no doubt. <laughs> I called Coach Green and Brian Billick and said, hey, man, I don't know if you guys ever saw Secretariat, <laughs> but we have him. <laughs> were, you, were you threatened at all when he gets drafted? No, I wasn't threatened at all. I called the general manager and said, I need four more years guaranteed or I ain't coming to Minnesota. <laughs> right, right, right. I knew it's the NFL. One day, bigger, stronger, faster is coming to sure. your town, and then it come to Minnesota. Wow. Okay. What do I make of the chemistry he has with Burrow going into this? How much does that account for the dominance he's had this year? Because Randy didn't have that. So not detracting from your argument, but right. you have to consider it, right? Jamar Chase is putting up numbers everywhere. Is he shattering records anywhere else? Well, you have to have good fortune on your side. And the time that he was able to spend with Joe Burrows there in college, it's paying dividends in his first year. But also, let's remember the good fortune Randy Moss had. Not only coming to Minnesota, because he wasn't the top pick. You know, he had slipped in the draft. But Brad Johnson got hurt earlier in the year. If Brad Johnson stays as our starting quarterback... We can't throw the ball way down the field. Why? Because Brad can't do that. Okay. Randall Cunningham was inserted, and then the deep ball was, was, was open, and we could do anything with Moss. So both of them had, had luck on the Do you think Jamar's putting up these kind of numbers in another, on another team without a different quarterback? Yes. Yeah, he's special. Special, special anywhere. That being Cincinnati, L.A., mm-hmm. Green Bay, mm-hmm. Tampa Bay, Jacksonville, special, special. If you see it, buy it. You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all. But I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. And then I, his, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because it ain't me. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. We are joined now by an absolute legend by a couple measures. Uh-huh. Three-time Pro Bowl wide receiver, 
for my hometown team, the Cincinnati Bengals, and now does a little bit of TV for NBC Sunday Night Football. The owner and chairman, probably the biggest accomplishment that he had is pro football focus. My guy, my namesake, Chris C-R-I-S Collins. What's up, Chris? The real CC. What up? What up? I I can't believe this. First of all, you've got nothing but old people on the show today. Your your rating is going to take a hit here. But I'm 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 honored to be on the show with my guy because Chris, honestly, you got to tell a story because people do not believe. Me. They think I'm making it up. They they seriously they think I am making this up. It goes like this: ninth grade. Chris Collinsworth, I think that was the year you got drafted by the Bengals in second round out of Florida. Three time, I think, all SEC academic, all American there at Florida. You had like 14 letters in high school, basketball, baseball, track and field. The guy was. But they showed this highlight when they drafted him. And it was the state 100 meters in Florida, 100 meters. And Chris Collinsworth won that race. And then he got the number when he came to Cincinnati. And I liked the number. And I was like. That's my guy. Mm -hmm. And from that time on in school and athletics, I changed the spelling of my name. My mom, still to this day, is very, very upset. I started practicing my (laughs) autograph and it was C-R-I-S. And then even once I got into the NFL, (laughs) we used to have these alias names on the road to make sure that fans and stuff wouldn't harass us. Okay. I was always Chris Collinsworth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and they used to be like, why are you no Chris Collinsworth? I was like, you don't have to worry about bills people. I didn't know about. I used to get all kinds of bills I didn't know where they came from. That's like oh, the Pro Bowl, great. man. You're doing me dirty out there. <laughs> you, so you, you know what? Uh, wide receivers. Uh, let, me, let me just say, it, it, first of all, it's unbelievable <laughs> that I have finally made it to the Hall of Fame. That's the way I look at it. People ask me all the time, like, or, you know, because they think because I'm on TV that I'm in the Hall of Fame. And so I would always just say, no, no, I'm not in the Hall of Fame. But ever since you made the Hall of Fame, now when they bring it up, I go, yeah, my name's in the Hall of Fame. That's it. That's my story. And I'm still <laughs> it. That's it right there. When I open the door, I let it in. Let's talk about Hall of Fame. And you talking about the, they have a wide receiver in Cincinnati, Chris. And I know you love the position. Can you give me a little bit? about Jamar Chase, because I know you've been watching him all season. I did a breakdown of him versus Randy Moss in their rookie year, and I know a lot of people are going to get upset. But he's the best rookie wide receiver that I have seen come into the NFL. What's your thoughts on that, and do you think that's good enough to be the rookie of the year? Yes, absolutely yes. Um, and, And first of all, it's the moments that this guy has had. You know, when he played in that game in Baltimore, of course, that was the big first step for this team this season. He literally took over and he was playing against Marlon Humphrey for the most part. You know how good Marlon is. He's an unbelievable player. He made a catch and run on a little slant and broke two or three tackles and spun backwards out of there and ran the distance for the touchdown. And I said at the time, I said, this is one of the best games I've ever seen a guy have, certainly in a Cincinnati uniform. He was just phenomenal. That was until we got to the Kansas City game. The Kansas City game, it was over. It was 14 to nothing. And you just knew it was going to be Kansas City, just another one of those kind of walks in the park and the Cincinnati Bengals aren't ready and all those sort of things. You you could write the headlines uh, already from what we were watching. And then Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase did some things that just literally blew my mind. I, I mean... Jamar took over the football game. That catch and run he made to make it 14-7. 
And everybody who had ever worn a Cincinnati uniform kind of set up a little straighter, you know, we were thinking, all right, well, this is at least going to be competitive here. And it's only a seven point game and who knows what can happen. And then he just kept making plays and he kept making plays and then he kept making plays and he made that third and 27 at the, at the end of the game to kind of give him a chance to just go ahead and lock it up. It has been phenomenal to watch him play. And I know there's some good rookies out there playing in the league this year. But what Joe Burrow is doing right now and Jamar Chase is doing is off the charts. And when you look at who could beat the Kansas City Chiefs in the playoffs, it takes somebody that can score with those guys. And right now, the Cincinnati Bengals can score with them. And they're really fun to watch. Really fun. Of course, and it all got started when Kay went to Cincinnati to be the queen of Cincinnati. We're still talking about that. There you go. There you I think go. your son gave me the Grader's recommendation, Jack Collinsworth, saying that ice cream was the weird, wait, the place to go, and yes. I had the best time. And I appreciate you incorporating that in your PFF uh, numbers there, the K factor in going to the Cincinnati. The K factor is uh, you big. Now we got to get you to the playoffs, though. I love you so much. Chris Collins, I can say no more. That You just did it all for me there. Uh, Jamar Chase, obviously Joe Burrow, the chemistry is on point. Uh, go a little deeper into your thoughts on Burrow. You've seen so many quarterbacks, so many seasons. Why is this one so special? And what's his ceiling, especially going into his first postseason action with so little experience? No ceiling. No ceiling. Because we saw it happen at LSU where he had the highest grade that PFF has ever had coming out of college. So we saw it there. We saw him in his rookie year come back and was tearing it up. You know, he was made some rookie mistakes, but was tearing it up and then tore up his knee and came back. And I remember the whole conversation. Nobody thought he was ever going to even make it back for this season. Well, okay, he'll sit out or he'll be some shell of himself like we've seen all kinds of quarterbacks when they've got a bad knee after their first year. And what did he do from opening day? You couldn't tell. You couldn't tell that there was any kind of issue with this young man. And he has something about him. I've had him on shows. I've had conversations with him. But from the very first moment I saw him interviewed, there is something about that cigar-smoking son of a gun that just turns you on if you are a fan of the Cincinnati Bengals. We, right? We saw it at LSU. He goes out and he wins the championships. He's in the, the locker room smoking a cigar, comes back, wins the division for Cincinnati. And that is a paradigm shift. You know, uh, when, when you're talking about playing for the Bengals and – it always comes down to the end, and then the Pittsburgh Steelers knock them off, or the Baltimore Ravens knock them off. They went 2-0 and against both of those teams this year and went into their places and knocked them off, and knocked them off big. Uh, so I think that you're talking about a dynamic leader who has this confidence, who has this borderline cockiness that we haven't seen around here since Boomer Esiason playing the quarterback position. I think he's special, and I think they're only going to get better. It's awesome. Chris, we love having you on the show, and we love watching you on Sunday nights. You're going to be working game 272 of the 2021 regular season, and now it's in mid-January of 2022. It's the finale. Chargers, Raiders, and we've had a lot of fun on this show with a doomsday scenario, and I'm sure you know it. If the Jags upset the Colts, a tie would get both the Chargers and the Raiders into the playoffs. And you know I'm a glutton for punishment, and I think we are sadists here at points where it comes to just seeing something different in football. Having called two blowouts the past two weeks, what is the broadcast going to be like when we see Derek Carr and Justin Herbert just taking knees for 60 minutes? 
Yeah, I, I heard Kyle working it over the other day. I was cracking up watching it because you know you're thinking the same thing. I, it, so, all right, let, let's break this down, right? There's no way that they're going to come out and take a knee. You know, I heard all the, you know, all that sort of thing. So that's not happening. Let, let's take that one off the board. But let's say we're at the end of the game and this thing is in overtime and all the doomsday stuff has actually happened. And now we're down to about the last two minutes of overtime and you kind of get one coach looking across the field at the other coach. And (laughs) look, I, I know you've got a couple of timeouts, but if I take the first knee and we can get all the way through this thing, and you're not going to use those timeouts. Now, you know, these are rivals, too. So, you know, who knows about the dirty pool and what could actually happen here. But at some point, even if it's with 15 seconds to go in overtime, you would have to consider it not for the other team, but for the fact, who cares? It is your right. We have heard that story done before, that it is your right at the end of the season to not play anybody in week whatever it would be 18 now because if you don't want to play anybody even if it impacts the playoffs for the other team or the mm-hmm. other teams in your division it doesn't matter you have the right to do what is in your best interest to make mm-hmm. the playoffs and if it is in your best interest to take a knee at the end of overtime i think we're going to see that happen uh, why would you not? Your job is very simple as a head coach. Your job is to get your team into the playoffs. And you know how my my boy Al Michaels is now. He loves some conspiracy mm. theories yeah, he out does. there. <laughs> yes, he uh, does. Now, you, know, you know my guy is going to have some oh, stuff no. on this now. And, and where's the game being played? Just to make it all the much worse, right? Yeah, We're in yeah, Las Vegas. Yeah. Going right down the road there, you know. So this is going to be fun. I, I'm just telling. I don't know what Al, Al and Kyle have a lot in common. I'll just say that you guys have a lot in common. I'll tell you what I got in common right now. Go Jags! Let's go. Big Jaguars game this weekend, Chris. That, my eyes are on that game, and so are the nations. But Chris, I remember back in the day. I think it was you were on Inside the NFL. And you used to do this segment called Chris Collinsworth on a Soapbox. And they would actually bring out a physical soapbox that you would stand on and just rant on something. It was awesome. I loved it. I wonder if you would get into that mode here. Yesterday, Aaron Rodgers called an MVP voter a bum and an absolute bum for saying that he wouldn't vote for Rodgers because of the way he carried himself with his vaccination status, among other things. Chris, what was your reaction to that entire story and the back and forth with Rodgers? Oh, baby, you are trying to get me back into headlines where I'm trying to avoid right now. But, um, you, you know, I, I, I get it. This is this is it's this topic just ends friendships, right? It does. I mean, mm-hmm. you you can get into this and I'm not going to express my opinion. I went pretty far down the road there one time on a game and I got buried. I mean, I got social media buried out there. But I do think what Aaron said was right uh, from the standpoint of I don't think a voter should predetermine whether or not you're going to vote for somebody in the MVP balloting. I, I just don't. I, I think the MVP, and, and I was a voter for a long time until I got, you know, I didn't do such a good job getting it in on time all the time. But it, it was, I, I think their job is to tell you who was the most valuable player in the league. And 
you know, if we're going to bring up everything that happens off the field, if we're going to determine that based on the Hall of Fame, if we're going to do all that, then let's say that right up front. But if we're not, and your job as a voter is to say who was the most valuable player in this football season, there's only 50 people that are voting. And so you have a big responsibility. I'm not going to call the guy a bum. It's his opinion. That's the way he's going to do it. Uh, I've heard about this in baseball. I've heard other things. But I, I mm-hmm. for me personally, uh, I couldn't do that. I, I, would, I would just put my blinders on no matter what my political beliefs were, and I would vote for the person that I thought was the most valuable player of the league. The real CC, anything but a bum. I'm still listening to <laughs> yeah. you 20 years later. I still do the highlighter in different colors like you taught me. Mark off the different <laughs> segment. I still got the bag with the multi-colors. And thank you for all the hundreds of hours you have spent helping me be a broadcaster. Ah, oh, man, you're going to make me cry. I appreciate all of you. Thanks for uh, making football so much fun for all of us. You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. I'm so excited to tell you JCPenney and country music singer-songwriter Walker Hayes are partnering together on a new limited-time men's collection for the everyday guy. What I love about Walker Hayes is his laid-back nature. He's a family man and being a country megastar while also having seven kids. You know he likes to keep his style cool and casual. This new collection is perfect for the guy living the t-shirt life or someone wanting some fresh options that feel just as good. It's easy to wear affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count. 